This is the RCF Podcast, and I'm here today with my wonderful co-host, Alice. Thank you. (laughs) Today, the question that we're going to cover is, does God care about what we wear? Hmm. This is a good practical question that applies to our everyday life. We actually touched on a question about what we wear back in episode 15 on decision-making. I asked the question, does God care if I wear a blue shirt or a green shirt today? We were talking then about non-moral decisions that we make, but what we're going to tackle today is well beyond that question. There's a lot more to discuss about what we wear, and most importantly, what God says about it through the scriptures. Yes, and if we start in the beginning at the creation narrative in Genesis, Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. They didn't wear anything. But after sin entered the world, we see in Genesis 3.21 that God made clothing for them. They were actually ashamed at that point because of their sin. And they tried to put clothing on. They actually put some leaves together. Yeah, they tried to clothe themselves at that point, but it was insufficient. So God made some clothes for them. So there was a purpose for clothing all the way back to that point in Genesis chapter 3. Because sin entered the world, we as humanity, we bear that shame. And part of the way that we respond to the shame of our sinfulness is we need clothes. Right. We also see in Exodus, when God has ordained priests to serve him, he also prescribed what the priests should wear. And there's a reason behind all of what they were supposed to wear. We don't necessarily need to go into all the details regarding that right now, but God was concerned about what they wore. We also see in Deuteronomy 22.5 that God says, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. So we definitely see that your biological sex plays a role in what you wear. Yeah, our clothing is based in the created order. Absolutely, and God cares about that. That's something that's in his law. And there's the overall theme throughout the books of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, the theme to be holy because God is holy. So there are other verses in the early books of the law that talk about what you are to wear, but this is what they're really getting at. Be holy because your God is holy. Part of that is don't act like the pagans. Don't act like the unbelievers. God's people are to be set apart. And this principle applies to us today, because even if some of the specific laws for the people of Israel are not necessarily in play, we have to ask, does the way that we dress look more like the unbelieving world or like someone set apart for God? That's a general principle that we should apply today. Mm -hmm. Think about Romans 12 too. Do not be conformed to the world. Well, we don't want to be dressing like the world or conforming to the world in any way, but often that's exactly how we dress. We look at what everyone around us is doing, we look at the fashion shows, we look at the people in Hollywood, and we see what the world has to offer, and we say, this is how I'm going to dress. But we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be set apart. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that would include the way that the world presents itself. I think to some degree we're going to look like other people. I mean, I wear jeans, I wear Mm -hmm. sweaters. We don't need to walk around in sackcloths, right? No, there's not a prescribed dress code for Christians. But it seems like every few years there's a new fad, there's a new trend, 
And first of all, it's really hard to keep up with all those fads and trends because they're constantly changing. But also, some of the fads and some of the trends are very worldly, especially what we see here on the college campus. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes that women should be adorning themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness, and that is with good works. And I guess the emphasis there is with good works. So when you look at that passage Yes, he's specifically addressing women here, and I think often when we talk about the issue of clothing, when we talk about modesty, the conversation is usually geared toward women. But I think it's mainly toward women because women tend to, as a whole, focus more on their appearance than men. Sometimes, yeah. But I think you can say that the principle applies for everybody. Absolutely. But certainly with women, this is an issue. And this is what Paul is addressing here in the letter to Timothy. Well, it says, with modesty and self-control. When we hear modesty, we automatically think of clothing. Mm -hmm. But when we hear self-control, we don't think of clothing. But are you self-controlled in what you're choosing to put on your body? Mm. Yeah, we hear the word modesty, but what does it mean? The word modesty means unassuming. So not flashy, not drawing attention to yourself. Yes. So that helps us to get to the heart of what Paul is saying in 1 Timothy 2. And this is why it's such a big deal. He's telling these women, don't be drawing attention to yourself and to your appearance, but rather to your good works. People should look at you and see your good works. And we know from what Jesus said in Matthew 5:16 that they should see your good works and glorify your heavenly Father. And that's the idea, that what we wear, that shouldn't detract from what we're doing, which ultimately should point to God. Right. And this next passage has been a favorite of mine for many years, ever since I was a teenager. 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4 says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. That doesn't mean that you can't ever braid your hair or that you can't ever wear gold jewelry. It means that it's not supposed to be about drawing attention to yourself in those ways. Mm -hmm. But it says, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, the gentle and quiet spirit. That's pointing to your attitude, the way that you present yourself. It should be respectful. It's more about what's on the inside, and what's on the inside should be reflected on the outside. Definitely. I really like this quote from Tim Challies regarding this passage. He writes, What Peter wants his readers to know is that these women can either complement or contradict the message that they speak with the way that they behave and the way that they dress. This makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If you preach the gospel while wearing a scandalously low-cut dress, you are offering mixed messages. You are saying one thing, but giving evidence of another thing altogether. With your words, you are saying, look to Christ, while with your clothes, you are saying, look at me. And if you go to share the gospel in a poor area of town while wearing a $20,000 suit, You're saying one thing, but displaying another. Your words say, I live for the glory of God, while your clothes say, I live for the glory of me. Your clothes contradict the message. Dressing modestly pushes you into the background and pushes the message into the foreground. Dressing immodestly pushes you into the front and the message to the back. End quote. 
I thought that that was a really helpful way of thinking about this passage. And what Chalice was saying here is that this principle from 1 Peter actually applies to men as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so while a woman can wear something that's showing off too much and offer those mixed messages, he's saying if a guy is wearing a $20,000 suit, then that would be immodest as well. That's the costly attire that 1 Timothy 2 mentions. So I could be covered from head to toe and still be immodest. And this principle is really important, and especially in the context of 1 Timothy and 1 Peter, that Paul and Peter both especially have in mind when we go to worship. When we go to worship, are we detracting from the worship of God by the way that we dress? I'm reminded of the Preachers in Sneakers Instagram, where they've pointed out all these preachers who are wearing like $900 sneakers and other crazy expensive clothing. That kind of stuff can detract from the worship of God. When we go to worship, we want to be able to focus on the Lord and on His Word, not what the preacher or the worship leader or anyone else is wearing. But I think we can all say that we've been guilty of this immodesty, that we've gone to worship and as we've gotten ready that morning, we were thinking, ooh, I'm going to wear this because people will compliment me on this or people will notice this. In the first Peter passage, he's talking about the braided hair and the gold jewelry because some people in the early church would end up dressing like the pagans. They would wear all of these things so that they look their best. This is the Sunday best, right? But it detracted from the purpose of why they were gathering to worship God. And like I said, this applies even to guys because if I wear those expensive shoes or a flashy suit or even jewelry... I can actually relate because when I was in college and my college basketball team won a conference championship, I had my championship ring. And what did I do? I wore it to church because I wanted to show it off. And I look back on that and I admit I was wrong. If we're trying to draw attention to ourselves, that's not modesty. It's not modest or unassuming for me to wear that gold jewelry so that people look at my ring and want to talk basketball rather than talk about the things of God. I typically try to dress even on a daily basis in such a way that's unassuming. People that know me could probably guess that I'm going to be wearing a golf shirt or a t-shirt and jeans, something simple, just something that won't draw attention to myself so that people aren't thinking about my clothes. And that's my goal. Yes. And when I go to worship, not only do I not want to be a distraction for others to their worship, but I also don't want to be a distraction for my own worship. So if I'm wearing something that's maybe a little too tight or too short, or I feel like I'm constantly having to tug and adjust my clothes, then I'm distracting myself from worship. Hmm. Even if it's covering me, if it's ill-fitting, or if it's something that I have to constantly be aware of, it's distracting from the purpose of the gathering. So we should have our hearts prepared for worship from the inside out. That's going to come out in what we wear. I want to have my mind in the right place when I come to worship. If I constantly have to be thinking about my clothing, then I'm not prepared. Or your hair. Is anyone noticing my new hairstyle? That can be distracting as well. Hence the reason for the scripture mention of the braided hair. Yes. And we notice from Luke 20, verse 46, Jesus said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, and they love greetings in the marketplace, and the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at feasts. He says, Don't be like that. 
The scribes loved attention. So they wore these long robes so that you look at them and say, ooh, look at that person. He must be some, someone special. That type of behavior and attitude is not what we need. And in fact, it's condemned in Scripture. We can also talk about Matthew 6, verses Mm -hmm. 25 to 30. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And he goes on to talk about God providing food for the birds and then the lilies of the field. Their beauty is far beyond even that of Solomon. And it says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So we see that we aren't supposed to be anxious about what we wear. We shouldn't be more concerned about what we're putting on each day rather than preparing for worship. And really, it's not just about worship on Sunday, but every day. Sure. On Tuesday morning, when you wake up and you're worried about what you're going to wear because of what people may think of you. Yes, it matters for Sunday, but it also matters for every other day of the week. Really, our main purpose in everything that we do is to glorify God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whatever you wear, do it for the glory of God so that when people look at you, they look at you and say, I know the God that you worship. I recognize that there's something unique, something distinct about you as a Christian, and your clothes don't detract from that. Right. And let's say this before we move on. We've been talking about dressing up and wearing that $20,000 suit or those $900 sneakers or an expensive dress or gold jewelry or whatever, but we can also go to the other extreme. You can actually be immodest and covering up and wearing something that is distracting and looking to draw pity from other people. If I intentionally walk in with dirty, torn clothes to draw attention, that's not what God wants from us either. He provides for us so that we can have clothes that are unassuming, that don't detract from worship or make people think less of God because of our pitiful clothes that are in shambles. So it's not just costly clothes that can be an issue, although that is more often the problem. Mm-hmm. I love Colossians 3.12 that says, Put on then, so this is what we are to wear, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So those are to define what we look like to the world. There's a quote I saw in a Desiring God article that asks, what are we supposed to wear? Humility. All clothing, formal, casual, work, sport, beachwear, sleepwear, underwear, headwear, every other kind of wear can be a source of great pride. There isn't a clothing item or style that we can't turn into an expression of self-centered, self-exalting self-worship. But if we clothe ourselves with humility, if we count others more significant than ourselves, and look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others, then no matter how we dress, we will honor and reflect Christ, end quote. I thought that was helpful because it's so much less about specifically what do you wear clothing-wise, and it's so much more about your heart, your attitude, your worship of God. When you're getting dressed in the morning and you're thinking compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, what items of clothing are you then drawn to if that's your motivation, if that's your heart? I think that is going to change some of the choices that you make in what you wear. Yeah, too often the conversation about modesty and what we wear drifts toward what women should not wear. And then the complaint is, 
well, it's the men's fault for lusting. They shouldn't do that. But really, we should be thinking of others in the sense that we're putting on humility. Both men and women should be thinking of how to glorify God in what we put on. Yes, women, you do want to help protect the purity of these guys. But guys, you're responsible for keeping your thoughts pure as well. And guys, you're responsible for what you wear too. Women can struggle with impure thoughts, so you don't need to be drawing attention to yourself either. Putting on humility helps us to think of others in the sense of trying to keep them from stumbling, as we've talked about in making decisions in general. Don't cause someone else to stumble because of your clothes. That's just unnecessary. This is a big deal because it is the second great commandment. The first great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the second is to love your neighbor. And we need to be asking, is the way that I'm presenting myself loving my neighbor? Is my appearance going to draw their focus away from Christ? I think also that we can take this to the opposite extreme in the sense of you can outwardly dress in the most modest way and still have a sinful heart. You can be covered from head to toe in the most appropriate clothing ever, and yet your heart is still far from God. You're still not thinking of glorifying God in the way that you dress. Again, Tim Challey said that beauty without godliness is ugliness. God is not impressed by beautiful clothes that mask an ugly heart. The best, truest, and rarest beauty flows out of godly character. We are so easily distracted and fooled, but God is not, end quote. And so I think that just shows that we don't know anyone else's heart, but we can look at our own heart and look at our own motivations for why we're doing what we're doing. The way that we dress should flow out of a heart that honors God. We've seen that God does care about what we wear. We've just hit on a few passages of scripture that make that clear. He does care ultimately about our heart as we are wearing whatever we are wearing. The danger with this topic is that we can develop a lot of external rules that are not in scripture. And we can start saying something like, well, if your skirt is more than an inch above the knee, then it's immodest and forbidden. And then we start to make up rules that people just check off the list and they think that they're being holy because they're wearing something that fits within our rules, all the while being far from thinking about glorifying God. So a better way to live is to focus on, does my attire honor God? Am I putting on humility and Christ-likeness as I wear this? Is this unassuming and not distracting others from God? Will my wardrobe and attitude keep others from stumbling and promote purity and holiness in them as well? Those are much more helpful questions to be asking. In this issue, let me just plead with you to not let culture be your standard. We look around and it is so easy to be like the world to love the world, and we are specifically told not to do that. So don't let culture be your standard for what to wear, but let God and the principles that he has given you through scripture be that standard. And think about this last question. If you were to stand before Jesus today wearing what you're currently wearing, would it be modest, even reverent, or would you be ashamed? Think about what you're wearing right now, but also think about what's in your entire wardrobe. Some of the things that you do wear, maybe to a party or to the beach or hanging out with friends. Would you be ashamed if you stood before Jesus wearing that? 
let's make sure that what we're wearing honors God. And I think that's probably a good place for us to end. We're out of time. Alice, thanks again for co-hosting this episode. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to the RCF podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard, feel free to email us, podcast at roadiefellowship.com. And if you'd like more information on Rody Christian Fellowship, you can visit our website, roadiefellowship.com, or our Instagram page, at roadiefellowship.